the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Bolshevik Mountain, together with the great gathering of the Sangha of monks, the great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination. At the same time, noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, Prajaparamita saw in this way, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Sharyaputra said to Nalakashvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, Prajaparamita, son or daughter of noble family train, who wishes to practice the profound Prajaparamita. Addressed in this way, noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Sharyaputra, O Shariputra, son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth, no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, datu, dharmas, no mind, consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death. No end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequal mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gade Gade Bhara Gade Bhara Sangade Bodhi Zoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised Nobuakiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice a profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. The Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra, Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole sleeping world of its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoice and praise the words of the blessed one. <laughs>
<coughs> taking full advantage of and being careful not to waste uh, this life of leisure uh, and opportunity. Uh, so uh, being careful uh, not to waste it. Uh, and then it goes on to uh, talk about the great uh, yogi, Chinkawa. Chinkawa, the, the Gari, Gari Kailens. Okay. Okay, and then the sixth is the uh, perseverance and, and, and saying to, to do this a little at a time. And then there's this quote where there's a great yogic master talking to Chingawa, and there's a chance that the yogic master here is Dronthomba, perhaps. Uh, and he's uh, uh, giving the advice to do it a little at a time, to make sure that you're persevering. But uh, to give an example is to get out and exercise, to do other things as well, uh, to make sure that you're uh, uh, just constantly uh, doing the practices, but also uh, um, engaging in other activities uh, to break up the practices. Uh, and then the next uh, is the, the Dumba Jit. Also, sentient beings wish to be free from suffering. 
that alleviation of suffering depends upon practicing the teachings. So there's this first element that one needs to reflect upon. This happiness, this achievement of happiness relies upon the teachings. The second is that uh, the question might arise, uh, can we actually practice these things? Uh, is it possible to uh, practice the teachings that this happiness depends upon? And then the answer is yes, because we have the external conditions. We have a teacher, uh, and we have the internal conditions, which are the, the uh, uh, eight leisures and ten opportunities. So uh, we have leisure and opportunity, and we have a teacher. So therefore, we have the ability to go towards the practice. Uh, we have the ability to engage in practice. Okay, so Rimache is said to read the four uh, outright directly from the text. So it says, the number one, the need to practice the teachings because all living beings only want happiness and do not want suffering. Because achieving happiness and alleviating suffering depend only on practicing the teachings. Second, the ability to practice, because you are endowed with the external condition, a teacher, and the internal conditions of leisure and opportunity, so there is an ability to practice. The third is the need to practice in this lifetime, because if you do not practice, it will be very difficult to obtain leisure and opportunity again for many lifetimes. And then number four, the need to practice now, because there is no certainty when you will die. So, uh, practicing now. What that day you then send the rule is send the Maduva in the two Shaman Nazo, then you get hands on your coverage, your cayation, you see good in there. Send the letter, that I need to do the Madu, then the Ajima, the Roshama, the Junta Jima, what the San Pavaina, and eh, not to like the way you share the Kadu. Lesson. Uh, so number three is to talk, uh, speaking of the need to practice in this particular lifetime, because we can't say in future lifetimes we are going to have this basis of leisure and opportunity because it is so difficult to obtain. Uh, so it's for that reason that we state the time to practice is in this lifetime, because our future lifetimes uh, we won't necessarily have the same opportunity. And then the fourth thing is, is that uh, we have no idea when we're going to die. So we, the time to practice is right now. The time to practice isn't saying, oh, I'll wait till next year, or I'll wait till next month, or I'll wait till next week. The time to practice is now because of the uncertainty of the time of death. What did you So it'd be very good if you can uh, uh, think about this summarized meaning. Uh, it'd be very good if you can. Uh, Think about this summarized meaning, and you'll understand it very well. Understand these points very well. Uh, 
Stating two uh, two points. The, the eighth point is to look at this material from many different perspectives. So not just uh, looking at it from one specific perspective, looking at it from many different perspectives. Uh, and then saying, if one can't look at it from many different perspectives in the way that it shows above, uh, and the eight points that are made here, uh, then it says that one can look at a condensed uh, uh, material or a condensed uh, instruction. Uh, so into, and it can condense it into three specific topics. So here, if you reflect on this human life of leisure and opportunity from many perspectives, you will greatly uh, affect your mind. Therefore, com contemplate as instructed above. If you cannot do this, condense these, this material into three topics. What the nature of leisure and opportunity is, how important it is in terms of temporary and final goals, and how it is difficult to obtain in terms of its causes and effects. Then take from the above explanations whatever accords with your mind and meditate on it. Uh, so here, saying to look at it from many different perspectives, the perspectives of the teachings shared in common, the stages of the path for being, that are shared in common with beings of small capacity, the stages of the path that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity, the stages of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, so it's saying to look at it from all of these different perspectives, to use these eight points, uh, but if one can't do so, then to limit it to those three points. Yeah, <laughs> 
Okay, so um, here it's saying, if you reflect on the life of leisure and opportunity from many perspectives, you will greatly affect your mind. So if we go back uh, to the beginning of this section uh, on the exhortation to take full advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity, we find the first section, uh, which has the uh, um, identification of uh, leisure and opportunity. And in that section, we find that there are eight leisures uh, and that there are ten opportunities leisures that allow one to practice and opportunities that allow for the conditions for one to practice. When we look at the opportunities, there are ten, uh, five internal opportunities and five external opportunities. So uh, that, uh, when we're looking at many perspectives, uh, that would be all of that subject material. Uh, and then looking at the great importance of obtaining a life of vision opportunity. 
Uh, and in that section, we find the seven points that are made uh, about the great importance of this life of leisure uh, and opportunity, uh, and showing uh, in that section uh, how uh, it is superior to that of other being of other beings, uh, and it is a basis from which one can uh, adequately, uh, in the best uh, way, practice dharma. Um, and then uh, the next section. Uh, uh, deals with uh, the difficulty of obtaining the life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and in that section, uh, there are eight points. You have the points about the examples of the difficulty, the correct signs and reasoning for its difficulty, the uh, difficulty of achieving the causes to uh, achieve this kind of basis. Uh, so you have all of those points that are made. So uh, one, uh, if we're looking at it from many perspectives, is looking at it from all of these different points. Uh, and it says you will greatly uh, affect your mind if you uh, contemplate as instructed uh, above. Uh, so as instructed above is de dealing with the subject matter in total uh, and all of the points that are made from the identification or the definition of leisure and the definition of opportunity to the seven points uh, about the importance of the human basis and then the eight points uh, about the difficulty of achieving. Uh, and then it says, if this is uh, too much, if you can't do this, you could condense it. Uh, so condensing it would be uh, looking at what the nature of leisure and opportunity it is. Uh, is. So here, this is kind of the identification of leisure and opportunity. It's uh, defining what is leisure, uh, defining what, what opportunities are. So finding the eight leisures and the ten opportunities, five uh, being internal and five being external opportunities. And then it says how it is important in terms of temporary uh, and final goals. Uh, so, uh, uh, what it, how it, uh, important it is uh, in terms of uh, temporary and final goals. Uh, so here, when we're looking at temporary uh, goals, uh, we're, we find that the human basis is truly superior uh, to that of the uh, other uh, beings of the gods, the demigods. We find a quote uh, in the text uh, that speaks to the, uh, that that says, neither Nagas, demigods, Vijidharas, Garudas, Kinaras, nor snakes attain this path. Uh, so that point is made uh, under the heading of the importance uh, of the life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and if we're looking up at it relative to goals, uh, we're speaking to the, the, the goals of uh, uh, achievement of a higher realm rebirth uh, in the next life, the achievement of uh, obtaining a life of leisure and opportunity in the future. Uh, when we're looking at the final goals, this would refer to the final goals of liberation or the final goals of complete Buddhahood, uh, the Buddha ground. So uh, here uh, it's saying that this human basis uh, is best for the achievement of the temporary uh, forms of happiness, temporary goals of rebirth in the higher realms or achievement of the life of leisure and opportunity, uh, and then the final goals of liberation uh, and Buddhahood, uh, because this is the superior basis from which to practice the teachings. Uh, and then the third section here says, uh, and how it is difficult to obtain in terms of its causes and its effects. So here, uh, in terms of its causes, because it's necessary to have many three specific causes 
in order to achieve this uh, human justice, uh, it's necessary to first have uh, ethics. Uh, it's necessary to second uh, um, have a practice of the six perfections. Uh, and then third, it's necessary to have aspiration or dedication, uh, uh, aspirations made for this goal. Uh, so one has to have these three specific causes. Uh, and because of that, it's difficult to uh, obtain. And then later on in the text, we find more information about the next subject, but it says uh, difficult to obtain in terms of cause and its effects. Effects meaning that there are many more animals and bugs and beings in the lower realms than there are human beings. And because of that, in terms of effects, it's difficult to have a human basis because there aren't very many of those. Uh, so this is what it means in terms of effects. section would be similar to that section when we say the numbers are difficult to achieve uh, because there are the most beings in the hell realm there are the next most in the hungry ghost realm and then the next most in the uh, uh, animal realm and then the human realm uh, and then the, the, the 
demigods and then the fewest in the gods realm. So as it, there are fewer and fewer beings in each of the realms as they become. <coughs> Uh, so here, when it says in terms of effects, uh, it's referring to what we refer to at times as the numbers are difficult uh, uh, because of the numbers, and the numbers referring to the numbers of the humans that there actually are. Now, then it says, with respect to how difficult it is to obtain a life of leisure and opportunity in terms of its causes, so now Lama Tsongkhapa is going to give further information about the difficulty in terms of causes. It says, uh, consider the following. In general, even to obtain just a happy rebirth, you must cultivate a pu single pure virtue, such as ethical discipline. So the first uh, necessity, uh, as far as causes go, for achieving um, uh, human rebirth, uh, is ethical discipline. So when we speak of ethical discipline, we're speaking of ethics such, such as the ethics, which are the abandonment of the ten non-virtues, so the uh, three virtue ethic ethics of the body, which are the uh, abstaining from killing, uh, stealing, and sexual misconduct, uh, the three uh, eth four ethics of the speech, which uh, abstaining from uh, lying, uh, harsh words, uh, gossip, and uh, divisive speech, and then the three virtues of the mind, which abstaining from uh, harmful intent, uh, covetousness, and wrong view. Uh, so here we have the examples of what these virtues or ethical behaviors are referring to. Uh, and it's necessary to have ethics as the first cause in order to achieve um, uh, uh, this just a happy rebirth, it says. Uh, so uh, a human life of leisure and opportunity requires this cultivation of uh, ethical discipline. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> 
Dewa here is referring to the higher realm rebirth. So from ethics comes the higher realm rebirth. This is uh, from ethics happiness. So happiness is referring to the higher realms. Uh, then it says from patience a good color. Uh, so from uh, practice of patience one has a, a good color, a beautiful uh, complexion. Uh, and then from uh, effort comes charisma. Uh, charisma meaning uh, having a great presence in a room, having a great uh, presence of power. And, and we find a quote that states that without this effort, one isn't able to engage in the practices which are necessary to accumulate the two collections, the collection of merit and the collection of exalted wisdom. Uh, so in order to have the yeshe and, and sonangi so, it's necessary to have effort. Uh, so we find that effort becomes necessary in order to achieve these collections. Uh, and then it states, uh, from uh, concentration comes peace of mind. Uh, so here, uh, from previous single-pointed concentration comes the, comes the result of a pacified mind, a peaceful being, uh, a peaceful mind. Uh, and then through wisdom becomes intelligence. So we find those uh, who have this uh, greater amount of intelligence, it seems, than others. And this is a direct result of a previous practice of, of wisdom. So here, uh, this is how the six perfections uh, produce their various results. Uh, and here it's stating that one needs to couple that ethical discipline with also a pure ethical discipline uh, and uh, meaning a perfection of ethical discipline and all of the other five uh, perfections. Um, what does Jesus was his conscious doing or see that what can put it? So here we are putting everybody here. And this is on the outcome. So if, we're, uh, if we uh, look at this material and think about it, uh, the six perfections and so forth in these points, then in the future uh, we'll come to understand it and we'll be able to explain it to others. Who wish to know this information? And then it says, and when dying, making a connection with your next lifetime through stainless aspirational prayers. So making aspirational prayers uh, to achieve uh, this higher realm. Because aspiration is kind of like the driver that points the, the car in the direction. If one is making an aspiration, it's uh, for the higher realm, it's uh, heading towards that. The aspiration is the driver that heads to the higher realm. If one is making aspiration for liberation, it's the, that aspiration is the driver to liberation. If one is making aspiration of Buddhahood, it's that aspiration is the driver to Buddhahood. So 
So it says, therefore, uh, and this is so, uh, and as this is so, it is obvious that very few achieve such causes. Uh, therefore, once you have understood this, reflect on the difficulty of obtaining the general effect a life in a happy realm and the particular effect a human life would be an opportunity. So here uh, it's saying that um, it's obvious that it's very rare uh, to achieve this human basis of pleasure and opportunity, and the obviousness is supported by such quotes as the quote from the Arya Deva's 400 verses and uh, Shanti Deva's Guide to the Bodhi uh, Sattva's Way of Life. Uh, so we find this uh, supported by those quotes. What <laughs> So here, where it's stating that uh, it's obvious because very few uh, achieve such causes, the reason for the rarity of the achievement of this human basis is because those going for the causes for the achievement of this human basis are very rare. So those uh, engage those engaging in such things are very rare. Therefore, the causes are very rare. What Now we've uh, going to look at the difficulty in terms of its result. Sita 
The difficulty of obtaining a human life of leisure and opportunity in terms of its effects is explained as follows. Compared to the number of beings in the miserable realms, beings unlike us, even a mere rebirth in a happy realm seems almost non-existent. So it's extremely rare. It seems to the point where uh, it doesn't even exist, it's so rare. Uh, because even with our own eyes, we can see how many more, if we look at India, we look at all over, uh, we look at how many more bugs there are, how many animals there are, how many more organ uh, organisms there are than there are human beings. So when we look at it in terms of, of bugs and living things, should I say, instead of organisms, living things, uh, or mind-possessing living things, translators know, um, uh, we find that there are many more that we can see bugs and, and other things than there are human beings. Uh, so when we look at it in terms of numbers, there are many less numbers of human beings than there are beings in the lower realms, miserable realms referring to those beings in the hell realm, the hungry ghost realm, and the animal realm. So uh, they're beings unlike us are those beings which are in those lower realms, uh, and uh, it's very rare uh, for there to be happy realm rebirth at all because of the numbers are so great. Uh, in these lower realms. So it says, uh, uh, even a mere rebirth in a happy realm seems almost non-existent. Even compared to the number of beings in the happy realms, beings like us, a special life of leisure is very rare. Uh, meditate on this. So if we look at the happy realms, even, or the higher realms, we look at the number of beings who have the eight leisures and the ten opportunities, who have this basis from which to go for the Dharma, even this is very rare. So we look at the the rarity of the human basis, and then the rarity, uh, the rarity of a higher realm rebirth, and then the rarity within the higher realms of having a basis for these leisures and opportunities. So we then recognize the rarity of it in whole, uh, and it says to meditate on this, to familiarize oneself with these uh, these facts. This will So we're going to take a short break. Uh, we have a. Thank you. 
Uh, so here, uh, when it says to meditate on this, uh, we're speaking of these points that are made, the eight points that have just been made, uh, about the difficulty of obtaining this life of Avijas and ten opportunities. And then here, in the last section here, uh, says Geshe Doa, who is a Kadampa uh, Geshe spiritual friend, greatly valued this teaching on the difficulty of obtaining leisure and opportunity. <coughs> Thus, he said that the practice of all other teachings follows this one. Uh, since this is so, strive at it. So, Lama Tsongkhapa is concurring that this practice of the uh, recognizing the importance of leisure and opportunity is really the basis. It's independence upon this realization uh, that the other practices actually uh, work. Uh, so it says, the practice of the other teaching follows this one. So it's in, the other teachings need this as uh, 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 their basis. So the generation of bodhicitta, uh, for instance, needs first or relies upon the realization of the uh, difficulty of obtaining this life and leisure and opportunity. <coughs> So, uh, then the beginning of the text starts with the four, the outline of four. The greatness of the teaching's author, the greatness of the teaching, the great way to listen to and explain the instruction, and how to lead students in the actual instruction. So we've completed those, and then we've arrived at how to lead students in the actual instructions. And in that, we find two categories. We find how to rely upon the teacher that is the root of the path, and then how once one is relied uh, to uh, engage in the stages of the path. Um, so we finish the uh, how to rely upon the teacher who is the root of the path, uh, and then there is the section on um, how once one is relied on the teacher to engage in the stages of the path. There are two categories within that section, the exhortation to take full advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity, and then how to actually take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. So within the first category, the exhortation to take full advantage, we find three categories. We find the identification of leisure and opportunity, we find the contemplation of the, of the importance of obtaining leisure and opportunity, and then we find the uh, uh, contemplation of the difficulty of obtaining leisure and opportunity. Uh, the first category defines the eight leisures and ten opportunities. The, uh, the second category where we find uh, the opportunities have five internal and five external. 
And then that second category, the importance of obtaining the life of leisure and opportunity has seven points that are made. Uh, and then the next section, the difficulty of obtaining the life of leisure and opportunity has eight specific <coughs> points that are made. Uh, so we've gone through uh, all of those points uh, um, uh, incomplete. Uh, we've completed all of those points relative to the exhortation to take full advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity and the three points or divisions of that. Uh, so, so it's almost as if, I forgot one thing, we've done the preliminaries of Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. So when we're, when we're speaking of this, it's similar to, to what preliminaries we find in that teaching. So we find the identification of leisure and opportunity, the, uh, the great importance of obtaining leisure and opportunity, and the difficulty of obtaining leisure and opportunity. Uh, so uh, now, uh, under the section of uh, how to take full advantage of a leisure and opportunity, uh, there are two parts. Uh, we're on page 129. Uh, in the English, and we are on page uh, 86 uh, in the Tibet. Uh, so it, there are two categories um, under how to take full advantage of life of leisure and opportunity. So the second category of this section is how to develop certain knowledge of a general presentation of the path and then the actual way to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. So uh, these are the two categories there. Then, Tambo Nalanda Kiba, Nipa, the so here uh, um, we have Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment in English. We have the, the lamp of the path to enlightenment in English. Um, and we, when we look at uh, this fact, we recognize that we have the ability to, in the future, become great scholars. Because if we look at the Nalanda masters, uh, they, at first, didn't have an understanding of this material either. Uh, all of the great scholars had no understanding of this material initially, uh, but through the practice and the study of the logic primer of Dudra, uh, through the study of um, uh, awareness, knowledge and awareness, or mind and awareness, uh, Lorig, uh, and uh, through study of Darig, signs and reasonings, uh, they were able to slowly uh, become scholars. Uh, so we can do the same in the future uh, because we have access to this information as well.
So now uh, it's we've really uh, arrived at the uh, um, uh, commentary on the, the lamp, the path to enlightenment, the lamp, the path to enlightenment. So now we've arrived at the section where uh, the lamp, the lamp begins, lamp of the path to enlightenment begins where it says, uh, understand that there are beings of three capacities, small, middling, and great. I shall write clearly to identifying their characteristics or define them clearly. So first it says how to develop certain knowledge of a general presentation of the path. So path referring to the path for the hearers of Shabakas, the path for the solitary realizers, Prachika Buddhas, the the Bodhisattva path, the Bodhisattva Yana. Uh, or the pathway of the uh, stage of the path for beings of small capacity, the stage of the path for beings of medium capacity, the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, so here it says a general presentation of path, path is referring to those such things. <laughs> Okay, so um, then the second category, I'm sorry, is the actual way to, lead the full, to take full advantage of vision opportunities. So in the first category, how to develop certain knowledge of a general presentation of the path, uh, we find uh, two categories. Uh, first, it shows how all scriptures are included within the paths of the persons of three capacities, so are the three types of persons. Uh, so here this is stating that all of the pathways that are found in the uh, pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the authentic Indian commentaries, all of those scriptures are included uh, within these three, the paths for beings of three capacities. So they are all inclusive. Uh, it co concludes all of the instructions uh, uh, within, uh, uh, all of the instructions within all scriptures uh, within those three paths for three types of beings. Uh, and second, it says why students are led in the stages, uh, why students are led in stages using the training of the three types of, of persons. Uh, so uh, why um, does it lead to uh, uh, the, the higher realms or, or liberation or uh, complete Buddhahood? Um, so what, what is the why? What is the purpose for this? Uh, how does this work? Uh, so this is that second category. I 
So here, when we find that all scriptures are included within the paths of the three types of persons, we had a lot of information about that previously. We had the quote from Drom Tompa that states that uh, uh, Atisha's, uh, um, it's a golden rosary of instruction. Uh, uh, the, the teachings for beings of three capacities is a golden rosary instruction that explains the three baskets of the sutra, the Vinaya, and the Abhidharma basket. So it's saying that it's a, calling it a golden rosary of instruction that, that contains and complete all three of those baskets. And then we find the quote from uh, the Lamrim Dudan, uh, Lama Sankapa's abbreviated stages on the path to enlightenment, that calls it an, an ocean of illustrious instruction. Uh, it contains streams of thousands of excellent classics. Uh, so here it's uh, comparing it to the ocean because all the waters in the world eventually uh, run off into the ocean. So Lama Tsongkhapa compares the lamp of the path to enlightenment uh, to an ocean because all of the scriptures eventually end up in this explanation. So here again we find the same uh, information in this heading uh, where it talks about that all of the scriptures are contained within these instructions. So we understand everything within this point already, that how all scriptures are included within the three paths of three types of persons. So we've already gone over what all of that means. Tu 
So here it says how all scriptures are included within the paths of three types of persons. So here we're looking at, uh, uh, when we're looking at fulfillment of needs, we can look at it in terms of fulfillment of needs from oneself's needs uh, and then uh, relative to others' needs, or the welfare of oneself and the welfare of others. Uh, it's translated all both ways I think I've seen it. So uh, then, and when we look at happiness in terms of temporary happiness uh, and in terms of ultimate happiness, temporary happiness is that happiness that uh, one achieves uh, in the higher realms. Ultimate happiness referring to the happiness that is a final happiness, a happiness of liberation or nirvana, the happiness of uh, complete Buddhahood. Um, so here it says in the beginning a person, uh, it says under the category of how all persons, all scriptures are included within the paths of the three types of persons. In the beginning, a person who is to become a Buddha develops the spirit of enlightenment. In the middle, this person accumulates the collections of merit and sublime wisdom. And in the end, this person actualizes perfect Buddhahood. All these actions are solely for the welfare of, of living beings. So here, uh, uh, we look at the story of uh, Buddha Shakyamuni, uh, who was in the hell realm uh, and developed the mind that aspires to enlightenment. And then uh, after developing or realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment, he accumulated merit for the first countless eon, then the second countless eon, then the third countless eon. So for three countless eons, uh, he collected uh, uh, merit, the collections of merit uh, and sublime wisdom, so he uh, engaged in that. Uh, and then in the end, he uh, actualized perfect Buddhahood, and it's saying that all of these uh, were for the sake of others. So when we look at the fulfillment of aims or, for, or welfare of oneself or welfare of others, uh, all of these things were done uh, uh, for uh, the welfare of others. So it says, um, uh, it's showing the, the, the stages necessary for one to become a Buddha and also the reason that one is doing so and it's solely for others' sakes, the sake of others and, and only for the sake of others. It says, therefore, all teachings given by a Buddha simply accomplish the welfare of living beings. <laughs> And so when this actualization of complete Buddhahood, uh, which uh, happens after the beginning accumulation of bodhicitta and then the middle uh, um, uh, accumulation of merit and wisdom, and the end actualization, all this is solely uh, for the sake of others, the fulfillment of others' needs. 
Uh, so when we look uh, in terms of the three countless eons that Buddha uh, engaged in the collection of uh, merit and wisdom, uh, when we look at the uh, Pension Sun Andrapa's collected works, uh, we find the explanation that the first countless eon, uh, okay, just back up here. When we look at the uh, mantra within the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, uh, the mantra states, Teyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoma. This mantra implicitly is referring to the five paths the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, the path of no more learning. In Penchant Sonandrapa's collected works, the statement is made that the first countless eon, uh, the Buddha, uh, uh, after achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment at the path of accumulation, uh, went from the path of accumulation to the path of preparation and then achieved the first bodhisattva ground. Uh, in the second countless eon, it stated that the Buddha went from the second bodhisattva ground to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh bodhisattva ground. And then it stated in the third countless eon, the Buddha went from the eighth to the ninth to the tenth bodhisattva ground and then achieved Buddhahood. So uh, this is what was going on during those three countless eons. The first countless eon he achieved from the path of accumulation up to the first bodhisattva ground at the path of seeing. Uh, and then the second countless eon from the second bodhisattva ground to the seventh bodhisattva ground. Uh, and then the third countless eon from the eighth bodhisattva ground to the tenth bodhisattva ground. And then achievement of complete Buddhahood. <laughs> So the first four paths, when we look at Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasamgate, these first four paths referring to the accumulation, path of preparation, path of seeing, and path of meditation, all occurred during these three countless eons. And the path of no more learning, which is the fifth path, Bodhisoha, uh, is actual Buddhahood. 
So it says all actions are spread to the welfare of living beings. Therefore, all teachings given by a Buddha simply accomplish the welfare of living beings. So after this uh, accumulation of merit, or three, three countless eons, uh, and the uh, achieving the path of no more learning, uh, achieving the path of Buddhahood, um, uh, the Buddha then taught. Uh, and turned the wheel of Dharma three specific times. He turned the wheel of Dharma in Varanasi at the Four Truths. He turned the wheel of Rajagriya at Vulture Peak Mountain of uh, the Heart Sutra. He gave the perfection of wisdom teachings and then the wheel of good differentiation at the third turning of the wheel. Uh, so here, all of these turnings of the wheel were done for the sake of living beings, for sentient beings. <laughs> Uh, so then it says, um, this being the case, the welfare of living beings is what you should accomplish as well. This welfare is twofold. It says, the provisional goal of high status as a human or deity, so the temporary aim, uh, and the final goal of certain goodness of liberation or omniscience, so the final, uh, final or ultimate goal uh, of liberation nirvana or Buddha. Uh, so as we can see, we've gone over this material as well, so we're beginning to understand uh, this, all of this material based on the previous information that we've been given. Uh, 
humble and being willing. So, it says, uh, um, the temporary uh, um, happiness, when we look at what that pathway is, it's the pathway which leads to the higher realms. And then ultimate happiness being the pathway which leads to uh, liberation or nirvana. Uh, so ultimate happiness is caused by uh, the fourth noble truth, uh, where the statement was made, this is the superior truth of path. Uh, so that superior truth of path is referring to the three highest higher trainings. Uh, and that is the pathway which leads to ultimate happiness, which leads to this is the superior truth of cessation. Uh, referring to the cessation of suffering, Goden, uh, uh, cessation. Um, so here, temporary being that which caught uh, the pathway to the higher realms and ultimate ha happiness, the uh, achievement of cessation, the liberation or complete Buddhahood. Uh, and it says all of these statements are included uh, in the teachings for a person of genuine small capacity or the teachings with, shared with such a person because persons of special small capacity do not work very much on behalf of this lifetime, but they diligently strive for the excellent high states of uh, human or divine rebirth in future lifetimes by engaging in the cultivation of uh, their causes. Um, so here uh, it says that um, the, where one begins is with this, because this is under the heading of the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity. Uh, and uh, this is uh, the entrance into the practices. So this is where uh, one uh, should begin if we're looking at it in a, a, a state, from a stages uh, point of view. This is where one uh, should begin. are made here about those beings who engage in those initial practices. Uh, first is the point that they don't spend a lot of time on focusing on this lifetime. 
uh, and the, the other fact is that they engage in the pathways which lead to the higher realms, or the causes which are the pathways which lead to the higher realms. So here uh, it's saying, uh, because persons of small capacity do not work very much on behalf of this lifetime, uh, so they're not looking at the things of this life, uh, but they diligently strive for the excellent high states of human or divine rebirth uh, in future lifetimes by engaging in the cultivation of their causes. So here, causes being uh, the pathways which lead to the higher realms, the ethics which is the abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities, uh, uh, going for refuge in the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and then if one has engaged in a negativity, acknowledging that downfall. So here, uh, um, it's saying that A, they don't work much for the things of this life, and B, they engage in those those causes uh, just mentioned. So then we find a quote from the Tisha Slam for the Path to Enlightenment. It says, No to be least those persons who diligently strive to attain solely the joys of cyclic existence by any means for their welfare alone. Uh, so here, this is referring to the teaching shared in common, with, or the, this is referring to beings of small capacity. Uh, uh, and here, uh, this is those beings who want to just achieve their own goals, wish to achieve rebirth in the higher realms of the gods, humans, demigods, uh, strive for uh, this result. Uh, this is a person of small capacity. So Atisha is uh, explaining what a person of small capacity is, what their desires or aims are. Uh, and they achieve those aims by engaging in the pathways which lead to the goal of uh, uh, happiness in, within cyclic existence. And those practices, again, are the ethics, which are the abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities, going, refuge, going for refuge to the three jewels of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and engaging in an acknowledgement of one's downfall if one has uh, engaged in a negativity of some sort. Uh, so here, uh, um, these practices allow one to uh, uh, achieve the joyous of cyclic existence here, meaning rebirth uh, into the higher realms of cyclic existence, abandoning uh, the lower realm rebirth. Uh, and it's showing that the, uh, uh, those least those beings that are known to be least, uh, beings of small capacity, uh, practice the method to achieve that higher realm rebirth. The method is that which was just stated. 
So in the beginning of Atisha's lamp, it says, uh, understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, middle, and great. I shall write clearly to define uh, each of those, or their identifying characteristics. It really is able to find them. Uh, you'll understand them, you'll know them. Uh, and here, the first quote defines or allows us to understand the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity, where it says, know to be least those persons who diligently strive to attain solely the joys of cyclic existence by any means for their uh, uh, welfare alone. So this is the uh, um, definition or the uh, uh, defining characteristic of, uh, of a person of small capacity. Um, uh, as Atisha stated, he would explain. So here's the first first quote. ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがとうございました。ありがと